Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, you have to really think that there's got to be people who enjoy this show who are going to reap the harvest and enjoy their Thanksgiving dinner with a lot of the stuff that they've grown throughout the season. You're the diehards of the world who love to garden, and that's why you love the show and you love the host. It is Jessica Wallace and Doug Oster. They're both from the Tribune Review. Doug, of course, everybodygardens.com. Lots to get to on the program, and my best advice is always to call early and often to get on the air to talk to these two. The hour will go by quickly, 866-391-1020. Dollar Rank Instant Access. That's KDKRadio.com, and you can text him on the Red Automotive line, the best deal in town. We hope that you will definitely, as the holidays approach, shop all of the great people that support these two and their program, all of those great local nurseries. And we always have the opportunity, because of Sorgals, to give you a wonderful opportunity to phone in now to win a $25 gift certificate. That number is 412-922-1020, and we'll take the 10th caller. So here they are. The dynamic duo of the gardening world, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning and welcome to the Organic Gardeners. I'm Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. We are giving something away, Jess. We are? Yes, we are. Han Nursery has braided money plants for anybody that comes in there and says, I heard it from Jess and Doug. The Organic Gardeners, they say that The Organic Gardeners is the greatest radio show ever. And also have to say, I never listened to any other radio show. And also say, Doug is great. Or just say, I heard it from Doug and Jess. Yeah, you could say that too. And we just like we just have to put a little disclaimer on this, though, that just because um, they are giving away money tree plants one, to our listeners. One per family. One per family. But these plants don't actually grow money. That is a very important thing that we should let this people know. This is different know. than, uh, we were going over this before we came on. And yeah. so uh, Jessica was trying to, I was telling her, uh, yeah, they're giving away money plants. And so she's like looking it up. And this is well, like, a Chinese money yeah. plant and this and that. I'm like, I just know it is a money plant. There's like. Know. Yeah, at least six different house plants that are commonly known as money plants or Chinese money plants. So this is so, not this is not the one that grows money. The, <laughs> I wish it was, but no, it isn't. There are none that grow money. Unfortunately, no. I have a Doug. mature Chinese one that now puts I'll on twenties. I'll be over 20s. at five. I'll be over at when five. When I first got it, just put on one dollar bills. Ready now to put it's the harvest. It's a little older. Oh puts goodness. on twenties. Oh my goodness! Well, anyway, you need to go to Hans. In Ross, yeah, to get yourself a the, money tree plant. They're, they're braided. Re- they're really yeah, cool. Yeah, bra- braided uh, trunk, really nice looking. Originally $15. Absolutely free. Just go to Han Nursery and say you heard it from Doug and Jess. And while you're there, pick up a couple of bulbs because there's still time to get those in the ground. I was planting some daffodils earlier this week, and now I have some beautiful little pushkinia. thanks to you, Doug. I'm glad. Uh, I want to see those uh, go nuts in your garden. They also yeah. at Han have garlic, so there's still some time to plant garlic. Excellent. One thing we should mention about that money tree plant that we also did a little research because we know that we have a lot of listeners out there with pets in their home and houseplants and pets don't always go together. And so you always need to do your research when it comes to bringing a houseplant into your home if you have well, a w- pet. I wanted to ask you about that because I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. So you're saying that cats are so stupid that they'll eat anything? I am definitely not saying that because <laughs> cats are way smarter than dogs. Having had both dogs and cats and love them both. 
I forgot you're a cat lady. I That's will right. say yeah. that my uh, my felines, you know, uh, there's, you know, they can be trained too. So, you know, can they be trained saying. not to eat the plants? They can't. Well, I don't know. So here's the thing: our our cats don't really go after houseplants, but I certainly know that lots of them do, and so it's really important. Now they're my, inquisitive. They right? are. So they, they are. Just I mean, might take a nibble and curiosity killed the cat. So right. you got to be really careful with them. But what we could find with these the braided bunny tree plant. The one that they're giving away at Han is, according to the ASPCA, non-toxic to cats. So that's an important thing. And that ASPCA website actually is terrific. It has a list of non-toxic plants and a list of toxic plants. So that anytime uh, that you're thinking about introducing a house plant to your home, you need to reference that list if you have a pet in your house. And there's also a list of toxic and non-toxic to dogs as well. We never, our dogs never got into our house plants at all. Um, and they never tried to gym, but I certainly know that plenty do. So you'll have to do your homework if you want to be safe with your pets and house plants. And uh, the other thing that we were talking about before we came on was uh, something that I love to plant, although the chipmunks have been after it, my flowering kale. I love mm-hmm. flowering kale. The first one I ever saw was at a nursery in Kent, Ohio, and it was around Thanksgiving. It was back in the days when we had real winters, and it was seriously... I mean, three feet foot around and beautiful purple, and there was snow all over it. And I was like, "What? What is this thing?" And since then, I've always put flowering kale in. I have one that that I just love, and it's called red boar. Mm-hmm. And it was originally uh, introduced as a food crop, but it grows tall and skinny, more tree like. Mm-hmm. And I like to put that in the center of a. Uh, container and then put some pansies around it. But there's lots of different cool flowering kales. There are. And you know what's really great? They have some that have very long stems as well, which make great cut flowers. And so sometimes now you'll you'll go to your local flower shop and you'll see a big bouquet of mixed flowers for this season. And they'll have what look like little miniature kale plants or cabbage plants on long, tall stalks. And that is exactly what that is. It's an ornamental kale variety that was bred for a long, tall stem and a little bit sort of a, a, a smaller flower head or leaf looks like a flower, but it's actually the the cluster of leaves at the top. And they're really pretty. In my experience, those flowering kale will go at least till Christmas. Oh, yeah. Even beyond sometimes. Sometimes later. It's just usually when you get that real cold snap, January, February, that's it. Right. Right. But even then, even when they're not looking so hot, they're still adding a little bit of color to them. Yeah, it's just nice to have something in the garden as late as possible. I concur. Hey, congratulations to Mary Lee of Beaver, winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. We have an opportunity to win a certificate from Janoski's coming up in about a half hour. Our first stop will be North Hills. We'll talk to Jim in just a couple of moments. First caller up for Doug and Jess. If you want to call in, 866-391-1020. Next hour on the Coons Cooking Hour, Janice Stahl drops by on the disc. It's 2 to Pittsburgh Newsline. To talk turkey, she's from Butterball on the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA Radio. But right now, it's gardening talk with Doug and Jess, the organic gardeners, North Hills. Here's Jim, as promised. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing good. What's on your mind? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanksgiving. Um, hey, I got a question for you. I have half a dozen and maybe eight houseplants, and um, I replanted, uh, resold them. Uh, some of them are huge, and... Uh, I replanted and put new soil in Miracle um, Grove, and it seems like every one of the plants have a uh, moldy, like a white mold growing on top of the uh, soil. Yep. So that's actually not mold. That is a salt buildup from the soluble salts that are found in the fertilizer. So a, a, a um, which are in the soil. So 
a brand of potting soil like miracle Grow comes already with a slow-release fertilizer built in. The trouble, if you just use a regular miracle Grow or chemical-based potting soil, is that it thinks your plants are outside where they're getting really far more frequent waterings, and so that flushes the, so- the uh, salts out of the uh, soil. So that's why when you repot your houseplants, you should always go with a houseplant-specific fertile or a houseplant specific potting soil because it contains a slightly lower nutrient content and it tends to have less soluble salts in it so you don't always get that salt buildup. Now that's not to say I want you to repot your houseplants because that would be a giant chore but what you definitely need to make sure that you do and it's going to be hard because you said your plants are really big is you need to start flushing that salt buildup out of the soil so when you water at least 20% of what you the volume of water that you put in the top of the plant should come out the drainage hole in the bottom and then be poured out. So you don't ever want to let it sit in the saucer at the bottom of the plant. But that's why we always say put your houseplants in your sink and water them there so that the water can really flush through. And that's in part to get those soluble salts out of the out of the soil. But that'd be hard, I think, for yours, huh? Yeah, some of my plants are so huge I can't even get them in the sink. But, really? Uh, could you get them in the bathtub? Could you, could you get them in the bathtub or into like a big, uh, like a Rubbermaid bin or something like that? I could probably do that, yeah. yeah. I find the cactus okay, to be uncomfortable, though. Much because, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I find the ca- cactus to be uncomfortable when it's in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll take a shower when I'm in those. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I was thinking that, you know, maybe I was watering them too much. And um, that's going to, because what I do is I water twice. They each get a wine bottle, um, you know, twice a week. Yeah. And I, I thought maybe I was watering too much. But no, so, uh... Yeah, so you want what you want to do with houseplants is and, and this is really actually all potted plants, is you want to <laughs> add a larger volume of soil a larger volume of water, but less frequently. Okay. Right? So you want to make sure like if if you're talking about a big pot, like if you can't lift it, it's probably what, eighteen inches, twenty four inches across? Yeah, my pots are big. Yeah, yeah so you're talking huge. about two, three, four gallons of water at a time, but you want it to flush through that soil to get rid of that salt. Because what will eventually happen is the tips of the leaves of your houseplants will start to turn brown and crispy. And okay. that's a sign that you have now salt buildup within the plant because it go, comes up through the vascular tissue of the plant and travels out to the ends of the leaves and it collects there. And then you get those crispy tips to, to your leaves, which is eventually going to happen with your plants. But in between those waterings, you need to let that soil dry, dry out. Definitely. That's that's the trick. You've got to keep them on the dry side. Okay. I, I, I feel the soil and it's always damp, so uh, probably I'm doing that wrong also. So we'll have. And I guess I have one more question. I have beautiful trees. I mean, I don't own a house, but you know, I live in a community that uh, has beautiful uh, pin oaks and uh, you know um, different type leaf trees that the leaves are still on them. And I'd say there's at least, these are 20, 30 foot trees. And almost all of them, okay, it seems like the whole top broke off the trees. And some of them are just like, you know, just totally broken away. Are those trees going to be coming back? Well, it depends on the style, type of tree. So if you have a tree like a, you just you mentioned pin oak, which is right. a very conical in form, when you lose the leader of that tree, that type of tree has a really hard time growing a new leader. If it's a tree that is a more rounded shape, so let's say like a like a white oak or um, many of the maples where you have sort of like no one main leader, it's more of a rounded shape. If the top falls off of those trees, eventually it will grow in and and, uh, you know, a new 
who doesn't even really have an official leader. So that will fill in a, a little bit easier than something like a pin oak, which has a single tall straight yeah, like stem. A, a crab apple would send up a new oh, leader. That's what you guys made me a lot smarter today. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get as smart as Rob. That probably never happened. Oh yeah, you I, th- I think you already surpassed me. Hey, have a great, right, have, have a great, great day, day buddy. Thank okay. you. Let's go to Dave in Oakdale. Dave, welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind, Dave? Uh, my question is about poinsettia plants. Are they an annual or a perennial? Depends on where you grow them. <laughs> I have one that's uh, been around now for two years. I got it last Christmas, and here we come up on Christmas again. And it's doing real well. At, at first, it lost all of its leaves during the uh, last year thing, and then it came back. You know, it's funny. I was at uh, Bidwell Training Center yesterday for their open house, and that's what I was talking about, poinsettias. Uh, I love growing poinsettias inside. Uh, I've never seen them. I've talked about it. I mean, I've seen it in books, but I've never seen them growing wild like in Florida or Mexico. They're cool. Yeah, I hear they make big trees, and I've never never actually seen it live. But I've got a couple poinsettias that I don't take back out anymore. I just They're growing in a little pot, and they're just kind of a house plant. And uh, the ones that I have now aren't coloring up. They're mm-hmm. just doing their thing. They just have green leaves. Mm-hmm. Well, these, this one is actually starting to turn just a little red all, all over it. And like I said, it came back from my thoughts of being dead. Yeah. But uh, now I have it by a window in a spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be doing real well. And uh, your last caller, you answered a question of mine about mold-looking stuff on top of the soil. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you had to flush that out of there. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I'll tell you, keep poinsettias on the dry side. The the way to kill them is over water. You so, know, yep. I keep them real dry, almost on the to neglect. Yeah, and people don't realize that overwatering does not mean adding a lot of water at one time. What overwatering is is watering too frequently. So you can add five gallons of water to that one little poinsettia plant. And as long as it can drain out, the excess can drain out the holes in the bottom, that's not overwatering. It's when you add even just a gallon of water or a half gallon of water every two days or something that the soil can never have a chance to dry out. That's when you overwater. So it's not the volume of water. It's the frequency of the watering that causes it to be overwatered. And can I ask you a question about trees that are outside in the yard? Sure. uh, Japanese maples, that type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They uh, seem to appear to have like a mold or a moss on all the branches. And I don't know if that's something you can buy to to stop that. That's actually a lichen, which uh, is not a problem at all. It's actually a sign of good air quality where you live. So they naturally grow on the barks of all different types of trees. Um, I think because the Japanese maples are smaller, it's probably easier for you to be able to see them. Uh, we have talked many times to the uh, arborists at Davy Tree Company, and they all assure us that allowing those lichens to grow on the branches of trees will not damage them at all as just part of that ecosystem of the tree. I like how they kind of change color. Yeah. When it kind of rains certain days, you see lichen on everything. It's nice. Yeah. And then can I ask you one more question? Sure. Um these trees probably need pruned. Does Davy Tree do pruning on these trees, shaping, whatever? Yes, they absolutely do. And they would be the folks I would recommend that you call to both do the pruning and sort of assess the health of the tree as well. They do that at the same time. 
Uh, and they'll come out and actually take a look at the tree for free and let you know any you know recommendations that they do. Usually, Japanese maples they have such a beautiful natural form that uh, you know it's not recommended to do much pruning on them other than pruning out dead branches. And you have to watch when you prune them because they're a maple. So they're not a plant that you want to prune the same time as you would prune like an oak or uh, a different deciduous tree. There's one actually in my my that lost the central leader. And it looks awful. Oh. <laughs> you know, it, it died. Yeah. So I had to cut it off and it just, uh, I'll see what happens. Yeah. I have two Japanese maples at my place. And man, they're beautiful. They had a beautiful fall. Yeah. I put in a new one. Not to rub in your broken one. Well, I put a new one in cor- <laughs> coral bark with just that red bark. Yeah. I just love the red bark in the winter. Nice. To deep fry or oven roasted, stuffing in or outside of the bird, what are some good sides along with mashed potatoes, bean casserole, and more to go with that wonderful Thanksgiving dinner? Janice Stahl from Butterball is going to be the guest of Joe and Frank Dentici taking your phone calls on the uh, Coons Cooking Hour. That's coming up shortly. We've got some Dollar Bank instant access messages, right automotive text message, best deal in town. We're going to get to those as well. And more of your phone calls with Doug and Jess as the Organic Gardening Show continues on this Sunday morning, November the 18th, 2018. Number to dial is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank instant access, kdkradio.com. All right, 10th caller right now wins a gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton, their big Christmas open house coming up. And remember, Janoski's.com is where you can find out uh, everything that's happening at the farm out in Clinton. And uh, that number is 412-922-1020. 10th caller wins it. All right, here we go. Right Automotive uh, text line, best deal in town, best way to prevent cats from digging into houseplants. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of like... uh Internet myths, right, about sprinkling pepper on the potting soil. Commercial products out there also. That's, uh, yeah, except they stink, though. Yeah. Like, they stink. I would put... the cats. No, (laughs) you're awful. I would put some kind of... um, When you see Doug Oster out and about, people, let me just tell you, you mentioned that comment to him, (laughs) how it wasn't fair to cats. Cats are awesome. Anyway, I would put some kind of, of like, a um, hardware cloth... So you can buy a metal hardware cloth at the hardware store, obviously, and cut it into a circle. Like so a real heavy-duty screening. Yes, so that it sits is. on top of the pot and goes all the way up to the trunk of the house plant and covers up that soil, and then they can't get in there and dig. That's that A physical barrier like that is really the best way to keep them out. Okay, that's, that's fine. All right, let's go to uh, Patty in Natrona Heights. Hi, Patty. Good morning. Morning, Patty. Um, I have an azalea that has a severe infestation of lace bug. Mm. I should have um, treated it when I first saw it, but I didn't. And I need to know how to treat it and with what now. Okay, so uh, azaleas can live a long time with lace bugs. So it's not, I mean, I've known them to live for years. I I mean, you see them everywhere, everywhere you go, especially when they're out in the sun. Yeah. It's sort of, a, in, yeah, in it's bugs. not going to kill, it's not going to kill your azalea. So, you know, yeah, you could, you could probably use like, I would just use insecticidal soap or horticultural oil. Obviously you're going to want to do this in the growing season. Um, I would do the first spray of it though. I would actually do horticultural oil and I would do it during the dormant season. So I might do it on an, on a warm ish day in late February or early March and get the upper and the lower leaf surfaces and along the stems because they're going to be overwintering probably. I'm trying to think of how they overwinter. If they overwinter as eggs or larvae, um, 
I'm not sure. So, but that would smother them to do that. So, and then if you see them again in the spring, then do another application uh, of horticultural oil and that will take care of the problem. But the big, the biggest thing to do obviously is remember in the future that when you plant azaleas, they are understory plants and they should not be in full sun. So, yeah, when they're in full sun, they almost always end up with a lace bug infestation. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, uh, let's go. All right, let's go to uh, Brad in Clarion. Brad, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Doing great. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I had a question about my money plant. I called several months ago about my money plant, and it started dropping leaves and stuff, and uh, I didn't know what to do, and you told me to feed it, so I did put miracle Grow on it, and I don't know if that was the right thing or the right type of nutrient, but uh, does that soil ever lose its nutrients uh, over time? Yeah, I mean, if you have the same house plant growing in the same pot with the same potting soil for, you know, a couple of years, yes, eventually even slow release um, fertilizers in there will get flushed out of that soil. So that is why doing an in-season fertilizer program for houseplants is good. So in-season means starting in March, and then your last application is usually in August. Because through that summer, that's when they're actively growing. That's when they need the nutrition. You should never fertilize houseplants in the winter. Uh, because okay. that's when they're they're not actively growing and they don't need the it. Days and that's are, days are too short. Yeah. And, and well, the thing thing of it is, this plant died, and uh, I didn't know what caused it. I thought maybe age might have. It's no, no, it Brad, you caused almost, it. It's almost twelve <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in houseplants, tropical houseplants, they can live a really, really long time if they're cared for, for properly. So, okay. yeah. Well, it must not have been my green thumb that was working. There you go. <laughs> well, there you you go. know, that we always say that uh, houseplants in general, the, the thing that usually kills them is too much fertilizer. Too Kindness, much, right? Being too nice to them. <laughs> too much water. And so... Too much care. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Too yep. much love in there, Brad. <laughs> okay. Well, I set it out in the back porch during the summer months, and it still didn't pick it up. Yeah, you know, I thought maybe the sun might help, but it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes they can. How certain house plants plants can be a little finicky, just like people. Dollar Bank Instant Access for Doug and Jess. I lost the leader branch of my beloved sweet gum tree the other <gasps> mm-hmm. night. It was 15 feet tall. I also lost two other large branches. Will it survive? Well, you, you just don't know. You just have to keep your eyes on it and see what happens. You know, if you've got some, you know, traumatic breaking on a tree like that, I, I would always recommend having a, a certified arborist come out and take a look and, you know, and see what's going on there. If if it's, you know, just getting an expert to look at is, go- is going to uh, put your mind at ease. All right, let's take another phone call before we go to a break. Let's go to Carol in Lower Borough for Doug and Jess. Hey, Carol, good morning. Good morning. I have several questions. First of all, cane bulbs, I've uh, dug them out, cleaned them off, and I put them in a plastic bag. And I need to know, uh, what do I do with them now? Okay, I would take them out of the plastic bag because that's not okay. breath- that's not breathable. So a better right. storage method for them is a, a cardboard box. Filled with peat moss or vermiculite, one or the other you could do. Or even shredded paper. Yep, even if you have like excelsior or um, sawdust or something like that. Funny how many different mediums there are to save these. (laughs) Of all the the tender 
bulbs and tubers, cannas, I think, are the I agree. toughest yeah. and easiest. I mean, toughest in that they're the easiest to overwinter. Well, they grew eight feet tall. This is my first year with nice. them. Nice. And they were beautiful. That's great. They must have been in the right spot. Yeah, there you go. And then in the spring, when you take them out of that storage to plant, that's when you can divide them. So you can crack those oh, okay. tubers apart and then move them into new new places in the garden. Um, and then put that cardboard box full of the tubers and, and peat moss or vermiculite in um, a cold but not freezing room. So I do it in my attached garage where it stays okay. cool but doesn't freeze. You could do it in a basement or a root cellar. You just don't want it to get much down below freezing uh, because then the roots could, could rot and turn to mush. Okay, now okay? I have... Two old snowball bushes. Now, they've grown really big, and I, they still have their blooms on them, but they're dried out. When do you trim those a bit? Do you know what type of snowball bush it is? Is it a viburnum or a hydrangea? Now, you know what? I can't answer that question. I planted it so many years ago, both of them, that I don't remember that really, but they really bloomed, and they're really big. And I want to know, do I trim them? They're really... One of them really does need trimmed a bit. Yeah. I don't want to make it look like a round ball. I just want to sort of trim it out a little bit. Need to figure out what it is first. There's I do? Lot, yeah, okay. there's a lot of different right. things we call snowball bushes. Oh, all right. Okay, then a burning bush. When do you trim it? I don't want to make it a round ball, but it's Anytime. a tree. Anytime? <laughs> Anytime. Oh. Burning, burning bushes are one of those plants that you, you really can't prune wrong uh, or okay. at the wrong time. So they can really be cut pretty drastically. I mean, you could literally cut it all the way to the ground, and it would sprout forth in the spring and go on, and go on to be just oh. fine. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, coming up next hour, Janice Dahl is going to be here. You know, since 1981, Butterball's been taking calls from folks. They do about 10,000 calls a year. Little known fact, three of the strangest questions ever asked the Butterball folks. Are you ready? Is it okay to quickly thaw my turkey using a, a, bat, a bathtub, a hairdryer, a heating blanket, uh, clothesline, or, di- or dishwasher? <laughs> if I left my turkey in the car overnight, is it okay to eat? <laughs> if I left my bird on a snowbank... And I find it. Is it okay for me to eat? So those are just a few of the strangest. But you won't hear those questions hopefully next hour. But we are so happy to have Janice Stahl here. And she will be joining us. And the king of stuffing happens to be you, Mr. Oster. That's oh, your man. thing. That's my thing. I know. I don't care about anything else on Thanksgiving except stuffing. How about you? I would agree, actually. That's my favorite. It is. Yeah. All Especially good. my stuffing. That's the thing. <laughs> I believe it. mine's like a hybrid. It mine's the Pennsylvania Dutch, my nana's recipe. Right? What is it's it a called hybrid. again? We just we just call it potato or a potato filling is what we call it. So it's a like if you would take stovetop stuffing and mix it into mashed potatoes and add marjoram and butter and eggs and then bake it, that's what it is. Mm. And it is just but I don't use stovetop. I make it all from scratch. It's amazing. So Joe and Frank will be here with the turkey. That's me. And then, of course, the butterball lady. Shall we if we you- leave you in a snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've tried. They've, they've tried. More than one occasion. Yeah, but you were pickled first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and all you could hear is the car was driving by. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> all right. We'll take a short break. Coming back with Doug and Jess. More of your calls next. All right. What do you two want to mention before we get into the home stretch here? Besides, happy Thanksgiving to all of your listeners. Oh, you can get a free money plant by going to Han Nursery today and just saying you heard Doug and Jess talk about it. One per family, uh, but they're nice looking plants. Braided, uh, braided trunk stems, trunk stems, I guess we would say. 
And yep. uh, very nice looking $15 plant for free. And just say you heard it on the Organic Gardeners, Han Nursery, and Ross. They're at Three Degree in Babcock. And this is just me. Subscribe to, to the Tribune Review or pick up that paper wherever you can get your hands on it and support the great paper that it is. And, of course, these two are part of that brand. And I am a big fan of the Tribune Review. All right, here we go. Jim in Wexford. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good show. Good. Uh, I have uh, about eight plants I got from Arbor Foundation late spring. And uh, they were just looked like dead twigs when I got them. Very, very minimal roots on them. And I put them in pots and did everything, and uh, they grew great. They look real real good now. And there's, there's sergeant crab apple, American rosebuds, crepe myrtle, and flowering dogwoods. Uh, they're all hardy, you know, local area stuff. And they're in one gallon pots. Problem is, they froze. So I had them on site and never got them in the ground in time. Mm-hmm. And the pots froze. Would that have killed the roots, or are they still? You think they're still good? They look good. Some of them still have leaves on that, but you mm-hmm. think they're still plantable? Yeah, they're definitely still viable. Um, you can do one of two things. You can actually just take those pots, dig a hole in the ground, and sink the whole pot down into the hole, and do that just as temporary root insulation for the winter. And then in the spring, you can plant them in their real site or you can go ahead and plant them in the real site and just make sure that you put like a some shredded leaves or a nice layer of mulch um over the root zone to kind of insulate those roots and but they'll they'll be just fine they're all the crepe myrtle's marginal but everything else is hardy and should do okay time for mrs know-it-all she's a grower horticulturist and our garden goddess denise schreiber how are you this morning couple things to talk about today um first uh, potting mixes um Almost all of them have what we call a nutrient charge in them, but it's just a starter fertilizer. Now, I can't speak for miracle Grow because I've not used it, but typically after a couple of waterings, the fertilizer is actually out of the potting mix, and therefore people, you know, should fertilize, of course, depending on, you know, what they're growing in it. Um, The other thing is storing cannas. I actually just did a Facebook post about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, You don't want to use shredded newspaper because um, there's still moisture in uh, the canna bulbs, and it'll actually start to rot. So you do want to use something that really doesn't absorb moisture. So you can use, um, you know, sawdust, peat moss, vermiculite, and it's very easy to store them. You can even go to the state store and get, uh, you know, one of the wine boxes that have the lids, take out the inserts, you know, lay some of your vermiculite or whatever on the bottom, and then, you know, put your um, cannas in there, separate them a little bit, you know, keep covering them as you layer them in there. And then what I like to do is take a couple sheets of newspaper and just lay it on top and then, you know, put the cover on, and then, like Jess said, put it in an area where it's going to stay cool, not cold, you know, that you don't want them freezing, and they should be fine. Now, you make sure you drink that wine first. That's the other thing we have to make sure. that we, If you're going to use one from the state store, you got to drink the alcohol first. We'll be back with Doug and Jess in just a moment. Janice Stahl is in position on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Really honored to have the folks from Butterball coming up next hour on the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentisi. But right now, final minute, it's Doug and Jess in the Organic Garden. Don't forget to stop and Ross are giving you a free braided money plant, one per family. All you have to do is you said you heard it here. What's left in the garden, Jess? Anything? No, nothing. Well, I have some beets left in the vegetable garden. You'll be so proud of me. 
my seven top turnip greens are going like crazy. Are you and eating I them? I love them. Good. I love them. They're just this this variety is like an heirloom variety that's grown for its greens, and so I have them under a little protection, and they're going crazy because you're a turnip lover. I'm a I'm a turnip green lover, and now yeah. I'll have to do turnips too. Usually, when I grow them in the winter, it's only for the greens. Yeah. Uh, you should try them, though. I know, I know. The roots, after they've been frosted, is right. when they kind of get a little sweet, and you can mash them and make them like mashed potatoes. They're so I'm yummy. I'm just excited to have something out there, something that I can pick. Uh, I know you're going to be planting bulbs. I've got 50 daffodils still left to plant, so things to do. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.